Welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast with Joshua Latimer, where we discuss business, life, family, faith, struggle, fire, pain, and ultimately winning. It's time to take massive action. Look, I, I can't work harder on your life or business than you do. It's ultimately all on you. You know, God created all the food the birds would ever need, but he doesn't put it in their nest. You've got to go get it. 10 out of 10 people die. So how about doing something today that actually matters while you still can? Hey, my friends. Welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast. Josh here. Hope you guys are having an amazing week. I have something special for you today. So as you know, uh, I'm in the inner circle with Russell. I've been meeting extraordinary people from all over the world, and I've had the pleasure to interview several of them for your listening pleasure so you can learn how to grow your business, improve your life, and all of those warm, fuzzy things. And today, I have a fellow inner circle member named Nicholas Bailey on the line. Nick, how are you? Hey, Josh. How's it going? And everyone listening, let's just thank Josh right now. If it wasn't for him putting this whole thing together, we wouldn't be connecting. You're getting educated and not just educated, but learning how to implement it and put things in action. So I just honor you, Josh, and thank you for everyone that's even listening because my life was changed for the negative in a moment and also was changed for the positive in just one moment. And you never know when that moment's going to come, but I believe it will come for you today. Oh, that's awesome, man. Bringing the fire right out of the gate. You are, you're a madman. That's what you are. Got to have expectancy, man. <laughs> this Myron Golden walks with this level of certainty. I talk about him constantly because he's just so expecting this amazing future outcome in his life at, in all areas at all times. It's really contagious and powerful. Why, do why we have you? a different choice? <laughs> <laughs> we do, I, I don't know. That's the only logical choice, I guess, really. I, I think sometimes we don't think. We don't know that we're not doing it. We're just moving. We're we're like these little drones moving about our day, especially with small businesses where we get caught in the grind or we're just very reactive instead of proactive with stuff. Um, I don't know. I, what's, what's your backstory and how are you building this massive movement of men online called the Billion Dollar Brotherhood? What, take us back in time. Yeah, thanks, man. I, I really believe that in every man's life, just like every single category in business, it breaks down to health, wealth, and relationships. And I actually discovered that before I ever read any book on it, before I even knew those were like the three categories of business you could even go into, three industries. I thought that I had discovered something new with men. I was like, they got their health stuff, mental, physical, spiritual, emotional. They got their wealth stuff, making money, keeping money, growing money. They got their relationship stuff, their relationship with their significant other. They have their relationship with their family, the relationship with their friends, their business partnerships. I thought I had discovered something new and it really was through failing. And so at two years old, I had, uh, my dad was a huge mentor of mine. I was actually the youngest kid in the world to start racing bicycles at the time. And he taught me like valuable lessons all throughout from two years old, to five years old, but my five years old, my parents split up. And I just say this in a way that I want everyone to know that you can have a messed up pass. And like everyone says, your mess can now become your message. If I didn't go through these different scenarios, I also wouldn't be able to teach. And a friend of mine, Tucker Max, he actually says that the, the best people to learn from aren't the people that had success easy. The people that had success easy, they didn't have to fight for it like you and I did, right? They just like made it happen. The best people to learn from also aren't people that just failed over and over again. There's lots of people that are like, no, believe me, it doesn't work, right? Those people, there's always people out there that are talking about what didn't work and they've never had success before. But the best person, in my opinion, what I've found is the person that has failed over and over and over again in an area until they had success, 
because they can relate to our failure. They can relate to us not being a unicorn like LeBron James. LeBron James is great, but he'll never be a basketball coach. And so my parents split up. At seven years old, I wrote my first suicide letter. Right around 13 years old, I was so depressed at the time. I had so many insecurities. I And throughout high school, I never met anyone with more insecurities than I had. I was so self-conscious. I had so many different issues. And around 13 years old, I wanted to be a professional motocross racer. I'd raced from 5 to 13 years old, and I wanted to connect with my dad. And now after really doing some introspective things, I realized that I wanted to race because I thought it would make my dad accept me and like me. I wasn't necessarily in love with it. I just built inside myself that if I try hard enough, if I do well enough, then I'll finally get the attention that I want which never ends up happening. Many men live their life this way, thinking if they just do all the right things, then they'll be loved and accepted and fulfilled, and it never comes to them. And so at 13 years old, that last-ditch effort to be able to connect with my father, I said, Dad, I want to be the best motocross racer in the world. Number one, I'm willing to drop out of school, get a tutor, and go travel and do all the things we need to do. I thought, like, this will be the one thing that makes it happen. My dad looked at me, and he's like, Nicholas, you'll never be the best crushed me. Didn't talk to my dad for three and a half years, dropped all my grades, gained 60 pounds. So now I'm failing in health, failing in relationships, didn't have a girlfriend for seven years. And I graduate high school with summer school at a 1.8 GPA, didn't go to any school. And at this point I realized like I was failing in every single category, every single industry, every single area of a man's life. I didn't have confidence in myself. I wasn't investing in myself. And I also wasn't ministering to myself. And then I also wasn't doing that to other people. I wasn't doing it in my relationships. And I also had no passion, purpose, vision, anything. My life was over at 17 years old. And so 17 years old, one guy brought fruit to school. And this is when I realized health is the number one priority. The way that you invest in yourself and the way that you treat yourself is a direct reflection of how other people are going to treat you and see you as well. So he brought this fruit to school. And I go, man, what do you have fruit for? That one moment, right? I told you about the one moment with my dad for the negative. Now let's go the one minute, one moment for the positive. He goes, man, I'm a boxer, and my coach put me on a meal plan so I can weigh in at the correct weight, and I could be at high performance. All of a sudden, it clicked for me. I was like, it's that simple. I'm already a motivated guy. I want to be the best motocross racer in the world. I was just depressed, down and out. I had the wrong motivations. I was like, let's do it. I went home, got those same exact pieces of fruit, kind of starved myself because I didn't really know what to do. But in six months without working out, I lost 60 pounds. That got me to go connect with my father again. That got me to go out and change my friend group. That got me to start thinking differently and gaining vision back by first investing in myself as the number one asset. And out of that reflection, out of that return on investment, I was able to go out there and do something different. From there, I attracted my wife, didn't date for seven years, attracted my wife. We got married within a year, now been married for six years. And then from there, it was the hardest part. We were so happy. I had all the wealth in the world, health, relationships, and happiness. The things that you cannot freaking buy. doesn't matter if you're a billionaire. You can buy girls, but you can't buy love. You can buy all the surgeries in the world, but you can't buy health. It just cannot happen. It is a gift to you just like your body is. That's why Billion Dollar Body came out was that you cannot create a billion dollar body. You recognize that you've been given one and you start treating it as if it's that valuable of an asset because you were given your body for free, which is the worst thing in the world because without human investment, there is no human appreciation. And so it takes the investment inside of ourselves physically, emotionally, and mentally to be able to start having value for ourselves as well. And so that's when we started BDB was thinking, we have this skill set. We have this passion to be together as husband and wife, to not be apart all the time. That goes against why we even got married. And we also wanted to do big things. 
And I just thought, man, I have this skill set of health now. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go learn from these men because I can only relate to men at the time. I didn't want to coach women on the phone, you know, like have them tell me all the problems about their husband and their husband finds out that I know all their problems. I didn't want to deal with that. So it wasn't even that personal. I was just like, I just don't want to deal with the women telling me all their husband's problems. So I started working with men and I was like, I want to work with businessmen. Why? Because I didn't know how to build a business yet. I had ran my dad's business, but I still wanted to be like, if I'm the five people I surround myself with, I wanted to surround myself with the best. So I thought, what better way to, than to have them pay me for me to give them an expertise of mine and I can figure out how they live life. And that's how BDB all started, was serving these men. We built the community and then we realized, man, health is just one piece of the puzzle for a man. True success is not going to come through your finances because I have an $11,000 bag across the table from me right now. And when me and my wife are in an argument, that bag does not help me whatsoever. Neither does my house. Neither does my car. None of it matters if you're not already in a state of happiness. So it takes the happiness, takes those deep, meaningful relationships. It takes the investment in yourself to create true wealth. And from there, we get we have an obligation to go out there and use that to make an impact and to leave the world in a better place than when we got there. Wow. Well, it was great having you on, Nick. Have a great day, boy, my friend. <laughs> no, that's I told an, you I get fired insane. up. Maybe he's got to like block me off. I could keep going for hours. No, I loved every second of it. I thought it was amazing. Um, I've been scribbling down some questions here, one of which is why are entrepreneurs so bad? Or maybe they're not in your world, but my perspective, they're not very good at taking care of their health. You know, it's like we, I, the the brand of your movement is billion dollar brotherhood, right? Or billion dollar body, I think, right? whatever it is. But and it's a profound thing that we get the free gift of a body, but we neglect it, or we'll do it tomorrow. There's this psychological concept called present focus bias, where we continuously put things off till tomorrow, until you're dead or you're sick or whatever. Um, and I haven't taken great care of my health, especially the last couple of years. I mean. Why do we do that? And what are some practical things we can do to try to get unstuck from thinking like that? Well, let's work out a deal then, Josh. If I were to give you, let's just call it a million dollars a month to just follow, do like maybe three, four days a week of 30 minutes of exercise and eat a certain way, would you take it for a million dollars a month? Yes, sir. I would. That's what about $10,000 a month? Yes. What about a thousand bucks a month? If I paid you a thousand bucks a month, three to four days a week, 30 minutes of exercise, maybe some stretches, drink some water, eat the right food, and you all you had the whole plan in front of you, would you do it for $10,000 a month or 1000 I think I would. Yes, I would. So I think the big thing is really more so like the men out there are so ROI focused that we don't see how it's going to contribute to our main goal. And then we put ourselves into a habit, a habitual routine, because first you create a habit, but then afterwards the habit creates you. And so I think there's this, this misconception of what is the ROI of investing in my health and I can't see how it's directly going to impact what I truly care about. And then the second side is we always want what we can't have. And if we live our life that way, we'll always be chasing what's hard and sabotaging every single thing that we have that's going well until we have until we're in a state where we finally have to chase that carrot on the stick again. And I think sometimes people see, man, I want to be successful in business. I want to have that car. I want to have that life. I want to have all this stuff. And I want to accomplish. And where we want to accomplish is also where we feel validated. That's why in the gym, there's plenty of guys there that are just working out to feel validated because that's the area that they're focusing on growing. And whatever your culture is validating, whatever your culture loves, that's typically where you're going to feel validated as well. 
And that's why we've created a community around these different principles is because for these men to feel validated, let's say it's 100% selfish. They're only doing it for attention. They're 100% selfish. The best thing you can do in your business is make the most selfish thing that the person can do the only, the only option that they have. Like how can I make every single person in the world make the most selfish decision and that actually be working with us? And so when they get inside of this community, they notice that they get recognized for taking care of themselves. They notice they get recognized for making an impact and giving back. They notice they get recognized by having deep, meaningful relationships and not abusing women. And all of a sudden, even if they're the most selfish guy on the planet, they all of a sudden start doing it. For what? For recognition. Babies cry for it, attention, and men die for it. And at the end of the day, I feel that it comes down to the culture that you surround yourself with, the recognition of ROI, and the creating of a habit until the habit can create you. Luckily for me, I wasn't blessed with good genetics. And so because of that, I felt the repercussions very quickly for my lack of action. I gained 60 pounds at the easiest time in life to be skinny. And so because of that, I realized that I had to do something completely different. The people I feel most bad for are the people that didn't have to go through those problems because they can stick with their bad habits and they still create a good result, which justifies why everyone else can do it. Well, that guy eats like junk and he's fit. Why should I eat good? You know, it's like, no, that that person has probably the worst case scenario is that they're creating a result without having the correct habits. So I think combining those three three things together, knowing that, wow, dude, only a thousand bucks a month and you'd be happy following the freaking plan. If we could really describe how you could get a better ROI of that from doing the actual work, then we can do that. And also you can set up repercussions. You can have accountability. You can set up rewards for doing the right things. And creating a lifestyle out of this is the biggest thing that you can do and having those non-negotiables. And that's why we've created a culture around this is that I don't want people to use willpower. I don't want people to use all these other things. I want them to feel this right here. If Josh, I give you a $30 million house, right? You Right now I give you a $30 million house and I paid it all off and you're living in the house and let's say I come back in a decade, 10 years from now, I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna be like, hey Josh, can I come over? And you're going to be like, yeah, come on over. I come over. The shingles are off the roof. You never hired landscaping. You never clean the inside of the house. The toilet seats are broken. How would I feel? I would You'd feel so disrespected. Irritated. Oh, yeah. That would be bad. Dude, I'd feel so much burden. You could probably feel this like if your kids, you got them something like their first car and they went and ruined it, never washed it, like, and you paid for the whole thing. And that's exactly how I look at my body is I don't want to end up at the end of my life and realize that I was given the most valuable asset on the entire planet Earth that I experienced all happiness, all love, all joy, all emotion in. And at the end of my life, realize that I treated it like the $30 million house that was given to me, but I didn't steward. I didn't cut the grass. I didn't, I didn't clean the house. I didn't invest in a new roof or whatever needed to be done. I treated it as a, eh, I don't really care because I'm not making the sacrifice. But believe me, if you're making an $86,000 a month payment, uh, you'll probably make the tiny investment to keep it up and running. Because <laughs> wherever your point. money is, your heart is also, man. Like mm-hmm. it, it, I always talk about it with a Ferrari and Honda Civic. I had a post go viral like three years ago, and it was a picture of a Honda Civic and a picture of a Ferrari. 
And I was like, isn't it interesting that you would never see anyone put low quality fuel in a Ferrari? Most people that buy them because of the monthly payment, they're not going to sit there and park it outside either. They're going to take care of it because the investment is so high that their value for the car is there as well. Yet when there's a low investment in a car, especially if you get it for free, all of a sudden, even if it's nice, you don't even take it to get clean because at that point you feel like you're losing because you don't have that pain of the investment. And that's why I say without human investment, there is no human appreciation. So if you want to appreciate yourself more, if you want to go in the right direction, invest time, energy, and finances into the area you want to grow. That's why we're an inner circle. Where our money is, our heart is also. We can watch it all online on YouTube, but that's not going to get us to do it. We know investing in that type of environment is going to get us to take action on the things that we already know we should be doing. Yeah, I love it, man. And Russell always likes to say that those who don't pay, don't pay attention. And I found that to be true a billion percent, not just with myself, but with people that are in my community. So I sell digital courses and products online. And um, there's been many times where I'll like, you know, get my heartstrings pulled and I'll give someone a free course to help them out because I care. And it's not about the money. But every time I do that, the result that they get, the outcome that's generated is really, really small or negligible or nothing at all. And it's because they didn't pony up. There was nothing attached to the commitment, you know, other than just getting a free thing. And just like the house example, I think that's really awesome. And going back to your backstory, it doesn't sound like you grew up with a silver spoon or, you know, around all these world-class, hyper-motivated people. Where did this come from? I mean, how, how do you, if you look back... Why, why are you so driven in this area? Is this just your calling in your life? Did someone uh, mentor you and inspire you? I mean, how did you get on this path? Man, I've been blessed to watch people around me. I just didn't got invited to a dinner with Rob Tierdick and a guy named Christopher King. And I got in this dinner, there was nine other people there. And I realized that just that night at dinner, watching, observing, and learning that it was worth an entire mastermind year. Because it was a new environment, new people. I got to see new things. And what I learned from there was so valuable. So my father was my mentor growing up. Though I had so many different things that we would fight about and like problems, I noticed that that pressure is actually where I learned the most. So my father, obviously at two years old, made me the youngest kid in the world to start racing bicycles. Why? Because he's like, I'm not going to give you training wheels. You're not going to have them in five years from now. So why give you a crutch that's going to keep you from getting hurt, but it's not going to help you grow? And crutches will always keep you from getting hurt, but they will never keep you growing. If you have a cast on, you'll get atrophy and you'll lose your arm eventually if you keep the cast on. If you get, if you use glasses, your eyes will eventually get worse and worse and worse. If you use a walker, you will never be able to stand up and walk straight again. And so I decided not to allow crutches if, if needed or if possible to not ever allow crutches to be on my life because it, it decelerates the growth that you have. And then from there, man, I have 18 years old. I was super blessed. There was 30 businessmen that all met from on Tuesday, 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. through a local church. I had never been to church before, but I saw these guys and I was like, I need to be a part of this. And at 18 years old, I was able to be around those people. And that's where I really started getting a vision for my life where BDB is not here just to influence business people, but the top businessmen in the world and consult world leaders. 
we will actually dictate the dictionary definition of what it even means to be a businessman. And nations from all over the world will ask how these men are living this life and how they can set that up in their country to run their country better. And the men inside of this group will be the men that consults them. And so for us, that's a vision on our life that's bigger than any product or service. And that came from surrounding ourselves with the right people, making the right investments, showing up in the right rooms, and doing pretty much the exact opposite of what everyone does in life. I consistently show up. I consistently drive. I consistently uh, act like you know I'm no better than anyone else. And I feel like those different things, like whatever most people aren't willing to do, just do that. You'll probably be pretty good. And I would contribute that, that I've always been hungry. I've never thought that I was actually good at something. I never, nothing ever came easily to me. And so because of that, I've always fought for it. And I believe that fight has got me to learn. And learning ultimately is what's going to make you prosper in the next 50 years, not just the next year. I love it. I love it. I have a follow-up question for you too. Um, This concept at least I call it willpower fatigue. (laughs) I don't know if that's like a thing or a phrase. I've heard of decision fatigue. For example, a lot of like eccentric billionaires will wear the same clothes every single day because they don't want to use up the the finite amount of decision uh, making ability that's in their brain each day. And so they don't waste it. Which by the way, I think is hilarious. Hire someone to pick out your clothes for you and don't (laughs) wear a freaking sweater every single day. Okay. Like you're making, you're making me look bad when like everyone posts about that and you fly in your freaking jet every single day as well. Like get some, (laughs) get some freaking nice stuff, bro. And have someone pick it out, but keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the concept though, like it makes sense, right? Like if you, theoretically that you could waste all your decisions on useless things or whatever but when it comes to willpower when i listen to you talk and i'm trying to think of the little guy out there fighting the good fight who's making excuses and maybe has a little victim mentality going on like i think it's awesome to listen to like the aggressive certainty like bam take you know take responsibility for your life on a practical level um how do people like, what do you do when you start to f- feel burned out? I know you're doing a lot right now. You're speaking all over the place. You do events. You're running these huge mastermind groups. You're doing all kinds of stuff. And you're young and you don't have five kids maybe like I do yet. But what do people do when they're not feeling motivated all the time? Yeah, man. The, no, it's so it's it's so true, right? Like my father's ran a business for the last 30 years, carpet cleaning and flood restoration. So I'm sure there's some people out there that can relate to that. Um, we've also done stuff in, you know, floors and all that type of stuff as well, remodeling homes. Like we've done all these different things throughout the years. And I've noticed for him, you know, it's, it's tough to think about revamping and going after it again at 55 years old and, you know, doing the same thing for 30 years straight. And then all of a sudden deciding like me at 26, of course, I'm like, grow, 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 let's go, go, go. And he's like, oh, like I want to do that. But like, there's a tiny bit of resistance, right? You've been doing the same thing over and over again for so long. And I think that we undervalue. So this, this works for women as well, but for men, there's, two reasons people get out of or into community. Community to me is everything. Environment is everything. There's there's a pride of lions in Africa right now that lives in the Congo, the third largest rainforest in the world, and one of the most deadly. And it's the only pride of lions that lives in the Congo. And through the environment and the pressure that they're in, that people, that there's the lions that they're surrounded with, they're now 150 pounds heavier than any other lion in Africa. They can swim, climb trees for hunting, and they hunt limp hippos only pride of lions in the entire world that hunts hippos. Why? Because of the environment that they're in. So environment dictates your success and the people you surround yourself with dictate your success. And when do you when do you see the results? 
it doesn't matter. That's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm telling you to get into a powerful community that's where you want to be. I'm not asking you when you're going to see the breakthrough. I just know not being inside of it is not helping you right now. So that's number one. The reason why people go into community is for two reasons, because they're failing or they're successful. The reason they leave is for two reasons. They're either failing or they're successful. The one guy goes into community when he feels successful enough, when he has enough willpower that he's mustered up and he feel like, feels like he hasn't made enough wrong decisions in the last 48 hours or two months. And he decides, now I feel worthy enough to go into a community and have those connections, but I'm afraid they're going to reject me. I'm afraid that they're going to see who the real me is. And they get burnout. And inside of that community, they fail, whether it's financially or in their personal life. And then they leave it until they feel worthy again to go back in. Yet leaving it makes them go into willpower, get burned out. And then by the time they finally muster up enough strength to be perfect, they get in a community. The other guys very commonly seen, which is the guy that waits until everything sucks in his life and it's pretty much at the very last string of his rope and he's just about to not be able to make his freaking mortgage payment and he shows up in community. Everyone loves him, accepts him, and he knows that he's going to be helped because he's he's nagging and asking for help all the time. And so everyone helps him until he gets back to stability. Stability is the worst place you can be as a human. Of course, it's better than survival, but at least survival, there's no where besides up. Like there's just nothing else to do. You're in fight or flight mode. But once you get to stability, that's when that man leaves community because now he doesn't really need it anymore. And then he leaves it for long enough until he goes and builds and burns and builds and burns. And this is the number one thing that I've noticed. If you're, if you're, When I wanted to be a professional golfer, which I did, I golfed with pro golfers every single day. But there's people out there that golf for 30 years straight and never get better. Just like there's drivers out there on the road every single day that drive, but for some reason they can't drive like a NASCAR driver or a Baja driver. Why? They've probably driven more on the road than the Baja driver has because not being around that environment, not having an intention to grow in that area will always keep you stagnant. And so the number one thing that I believe every single person can do right now is surround themselves and keep themselves in a community even when they don't feel the feelings. And ultimately, I was mentored by Navy SEAL now for eight years, and his name's Yost Jansen, and now we have Navy SEALs in our community that invest in our programs. And one of the biggest things is commitment is to do what you said you were going to do after the feeling you set it in is gone. Yeah, willpower is there, but there's power in this because if you look at relationships, the only thing that gets you through a conflict is your commitment to each other. Because you know that you can tell the truth and that person on the other side of you isn't going to leave. Does it feel good? No. But that commitment gets you to talk through that 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 uh, conflict and that talking through the conflict gets you to a resolution, which is to understand each other. It's not to agree, but it's to understand. See, with greater understanding brings greater love. So on the other side of doing something that has a lack of feeling comes a result. That result will bring the feeling back again. And so many people have a lack of commitment in what they're doing, and so they never get through the hard stuff that brings the result that's going to give them that next boost of motivation and excitement and going to the next level. And so it takes that commitment and follow through to get there, but it comes through being in an environment that doesn't allow you to underperform, that keeps you accountable, meaning keeping you in account for your ability to do something that they can see more in you than you can see in yourself. And they push you to become that person that they can see. Well, in our culture today is basically, it's just a big sea of op- options and ways to stop all types of pain in our life. You know, whether it's a pill 
or it's a Netflix binge, or it's just eating food that's really easy and cheap and horrible for you. It's like we're just surrounded by the ability to to check out, to run and hide, to push pause, right? And community, you can't hide inside of, inside of a community of people that care about you. Like, you can't. But I also think that's why people avoid it in the first place is because they want to hide. And if, if nobody is motivated in the first place, I don't know what we can do to help them. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? People have a fear of rejection. I would say go back into the first instance that you feel the thing that's making you feel like you don't want to go into community. It's usually something that happened in your past, something that's now in your mind that also I struggle with. Every single time I get a text from a client, the majority of the time, if I'm not in the right state, I think it's always a negative thing. I think it's always a problem. Why? Because of a past experience. People do this in relationships, friendships. They believe that they're they're truly themselves. They're going to be found to be a fraud and no one's going to like them. They're going to be rejected. So what do they do? They put up walls. They play hard to get. They never get back to people. And they sabotage everything in their current reality to fit with their freaking imagination Hmm. until they, they sit there and say, see, I told you, everyone's rejected me. Nothing works for me and no one likes me. Why? Because they sabotaged the whole thing. They created it in their own mind and made the scenario happen. Yeah, I've done that in my life many times. You know, this idea of false belief patterns is real. Like it's powerful and it shapes the way we talk to ourselves and engage with the world and the way we build our businesses. Do you work um with some business owners, you know, obviously you work with business owners that are married. I don't know that that's your focus, but one thing I run across a lot of is is like this conflict between the wife and the husband trying to build the business and and this age old, you know, don't you know everything I do is for this family? But really he's using his business <laughs> to hide. He's using his business to not be emotionally connected to his family or whatever the case is. Um, do you have any experience dealing with people like that? And what would you say to someone who's living that right now? Yeah, so the number one thing that I would say right now is to uh, to understand each other's vision so the number one conflict that I see in our guys' relationships and, and in marriage has always been like not being on the same page, meaning that they don't know why each other's doing Because as a businessman, you have different seasons. You don't clock in, clock out, same time, and get paychecks every two weeks. So every once in a while, you have a busy season, you have an off season, and if you don't have the vision on why you're doing what you're doing together in unison, not saying that you're both working on it, but both p- players are playing a part. Her support, a woman's support for a man is everything. Yet so many men break that trust with their wife where the wife doesn't even trust them and so they're not getting encouraged because they haven't followed through on what they've said. They've invested in things before that didn't go through. You know, they they haven't been showing up explaining that vision. So as a man of the house, you have an obligation to share a vision of where the family, where the business, where life is going until it actually comes to a understanding where both sides understand what the vision is. I'm talking about doing this every day, every week and every month, not once a year, not once every five years, not 20 years ago when you got married and you said you were going to work for the family. No, every single day, there should be a time in the day where you recognize what are you, what is your guys' number one focus? What are you guys doing to contribute to the long-term vision? Because if not, you'll always be stuck in the cycle of 
pretty much perpetual hell of not knowing why. The guy will go work his face off and the woman will be unhappy because he's not there for her. Yet he's working because he wants to provide for the next five years of their life. But she doesn't know why he's working so hard. And so then it ends up sabotaging the entire thing and five years later he's not in a better spot. He's just more stressed. So communicating the vision Till it's a clear understanding. And, and a small version of this is I have the number one dog trainer in San Diego is a, a part of BDB. He came in for a VIP day with his assistant, his wife, and they were still doing board and trains at the time in their house because it wasn't their main source of income, causing the most amount of struggle in the family, in the relationship, in the business, everything. So they're like, we need to close this down. Okay. I'm like, what, what do you guys want to do? And they're like, we want a facility. We want to have board and trains there. I'm like, what needs to happen for that to happen? They're like, oh, we only need a, four, a few more dogs a month, but we can't handle that right now. I'm like, no, you couldn't handle it if you never moved out of your house. But if you guys all have an aligned vision, knowing for the next three months, life is going to be harder with more board and trains in a house. But you're going to go out there with a fat smile on your face every single day, knowing that in three months, you're going to get a facility and you'll never have to deal with this again. They all had an aligned vision for exactly what they were looking to accomplish, which got them to do what was very, very hard and have a good understanding of why life was hard for three months rather than sabotaging it for the next five years. And then now they have their facility. No more board and trains inside the house. And so that same, that's a small scenario of being on the same page of a like-minded vision so that you know exactly where you're going. You both can align. You both can agree. My wife and I do this with our event. For two months straight, I literally work from very morning all the way to night. My wife would freak out if she didn't know why I was doing that, but we have an aligned vision on why. We know what the season's for, and we both support each other in that because we know it contributes to our long-term vision. And as men and in businesses and entrepreneurs and as couples, we have to communicate that vision, be on the same page, and sometimes be willing to sacrifice things. When I was working too hard, I realized this event going a tiny bit better is not worth sacrificing my relationship. And so you're consistently ebb and flowing every day. And that's why it's in daily alignment. Uh, it's why it's a daily a daily thing that you do together as a couple. And that way that you're consistently having those tiny course corrections, not waking up in 20 years and going, I don't know you anymore. Man, that is gold, Nicholas. That is insanely so good. Uh, that's just unbelievable. And there's a couple things I scribbled down when you were talking. Number one is that all conflict really is just unmet expectations, right? We've, that's like out there as a thing, and I believe it to be true. But we're so bad at communicating with the people that are, quote unquote, the most important in our life, which is crazy, but it has to do with intentionality and not being intentional with it. We just forget, and it, it's nuts. Um, and then the other thing was this idea of balance and how ludicrous it is that you could be – because to me – and you tell me your opinion. But to me, the idea of balance is is by definition meaning that you're going to be mediocre in all areas of your life at the same time <laughs> because you can't focus on something. You can't grow in an area unless there's dis un unbalance you know, on purpose. But, you know, all these business people online are telling people, well, you just got to, you know, have balance, you know, do things in moderation. But I've never viewed it that way. What's your take? Nah, man, even a scale, if you were to go to the doctor, you sat on a scale, they'd find your weight and they'd be like, OK, you're 175. That scale never actually hits balance. It's always going up and down and course correcting. Why do you th like even for us health business relationships for businessmen, right? The most powerful businessmen in the world. So what do we do? Do we have them work out two hours a day? No. We figure out what is your goal? 
What are you trying to accomplish? And how do we make a plan based on that? That might be three days a week of exercise. That might be seven days a week of exercise. That may be six days. It depends what their goal is. We want to make sure that we have the optimal vision for their life. Where are you trying to go? And how do we optimize the body and the relationships to make sure we're not sabotaging on the way there? But that may not be, you know, sitting there and being like a a competitive Olympic athlete while you're trying to build a business, while you're trying to be like a, you know, stay at home dad. Like (laughs) it's just not going to happen. And so it's, it's realizing that and setting yourself up and knowing, like making the decision that I'm choosing not to be an Olympic athlete. Like for me right now, I was, I was so shredded two years ago. Right now, I'm in great health. I have better micronutrient levels than ever before. I'm getting better vitamins and minerals than I've ever had. And, but I'm not working out three hours a day, two hours a day, six days a week. Is that okay? Absolutely. My goal isn't to be a competitive CrossFit athlete. My goal is to have my health contribute to my future success and not sabotage my body. And so, again, when you talk about balance, yeah, it's either all-out balance, is it all-crap balance, like we're all going to be mediocre, or we're all going to be all-out, we need to work three hours a day, work out three hours a day, and be the perfect person, it's just never going to happen. So I always say, have right now your health goals contribute to where you want to be. If you want to be in good health, it doesn't take having to go all-out and hire a trainer six days a week. If you want to be a billionaire in business, it's probably going to take every single day of extremely hard work because you can't leave it up to chance. But if you want to make a million dollars in a year or have a million dollar business, it's not going to take the same exact investments, capital raise as a billionaire, like as a billion dollar company. It's just not. So don't treat it that way. Knowing what your end result is is number one because then you create a plan to get there and choose to follow that plan. Because if you're always comparing yourself to an Instagram model, to an Instagram model male, to an athlete, to a billionaire, to the perfect stay-at-home dad, because you don't know what you're looking to get, you're always gonna fall short. You're always gonna be unhappy rather than knowing why you're doing what you're doing, what you want, why you want it, and then find out how to get there. And you're, you're hitting the, the nail on the head right there is that we don't know what we want. People don't know. We have a live event as well. I mean, our first one was last fall, and the next one is in October. And the very first thing we do is we have to clearly define what I call the mountaintop. Where are we going? You know, you can't reverse engineer anything until you start with the destination. We need to, with a razor sharp clarity, understand exactly what we're trying to do and why we're trying to do it. And there has to be unification with you and your spouse on that vision as well. Or else, like you said, it'll just burst into flames and be a nightmare. But yeah, you can't even begin to plan for business growth or personal growth or anything until you define the end. And for me, that's one of the biggest and simplest things that people miss. They miss it. Or, for example, I'll ask people, what do you want? What do you want out of life? And they can't even tell me. They can only tell me what they don't want. They tell me, well, I don't want to be have no energy anymore. I don't want to um, fight with my wife anymore. I don't want to be broke anymore, whatever. Uh, but you can't build a plan around that. And uh, this whole interview has been incredible. You know, I want to give you an opportunity to drop, you know, end the show with some fire and some closing thoughts and things like that. Um, and let us know how we can connect with you. But uh, I just appreciate your time. I really, I had no idea how good this was going to be, really. <laughs> and just nugget after nugget after nugget, I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to this. Um, I just appreciate it. I think it's totally on point for our audience uh, to kind of shell shock us into understanding um, 
how to keep our priorities kind of lined up and the importance of community and all the stuff that you talked about. So thank you for doing that. And what are your final thoughts and how can we connect with you, Nicholas? Hey, man, I just want to say I thank you so much again for putting this entire thing together, for having me be a part of it. For the people that are listening, even to the very end, I appreciate you as well. I would love to be able to connect. We talked a little bit, Josh, about for the men going to the Billion Dollar Brotherhood on Facebook to uh, be able to go connect a little bit deeper there. That's where I'm sharing some of these thoughts on a daily basis, kind of having that alignment come back. Uh, by just being a part of that. And for any of the women listening, my wife actually has a free private group that's called the Billion Dollar Babes because we had to keep it BDB, you know, Billion Dollar Babes, Billion Dollar Body, Billion Dollar Brotherhood, <laughs> all BDBs. We even have Billion Dollar Baby maybe one day. Who knows? There you, you go. Know? I like um, it. So the, the last thing that I would say is this. The thing that's empowered me the most is that wherever you want to be in life is where you've never been before if you're wanting to progress, which means you'll always be uncomfortable. Because doing something you've never done before is always uncomfortable. If you've never baked a cake before, never done that recipe. But once you do it, it feels comfortable, which means that if you're consistently going back to where you feel okay, then you're consistently going back to what you already know, which is not going to get you where you want to be. So the number one thing that I've done is to prove to myself the growth that I'm going to have in 20 years, and obviously it could be five, it could be 10, is I went back in time one year, five years, 10 years, reflected, how much have I grown? If I knew what I knew now 10 years ago, what would life be like? And it really puts in perspective, even if you failed up to this point in your life, doesn't matter, or if you've been successful, you can see how much growth you've had on either side because we've all been growing, all been learning. The second way is to do it the opposite. Go out one year, write out what is life gonna be like in a year, five years, picture yourself, like what is it gonna be like? 10 years, 20 years, 20 years is my favorite because you don't actually know what life's gonna be like in 20 years. You don't know if we're gonna have houses that are built on electronic magnets that are 50 feet in the air. You don't know if we're gonna have, we're gonna, you're gonna drive a Bentley, if Bentley will even be around. You don't know any of that, but what you do know is how you're gonna feel what you're going to accomplish and like this internal feeling of satisfaction, this internal feeling of power, of certainty. And that's what I feel. I picture myself, I laid down on the ground, played classical music, and I sat there on the ground until I actually had a a vision almost of exactly where I was going to be, something I could hold on to, something I could emotionalize to get back into that state. I pictured myself on the front of a yacht. Like I said, I don't care if I have a yacht in 20 years, but I pictured myself there. My whole family was there connecting. And I thought, man, this is such a great picture because I have stepmom, stepdads, father-in-law, mother-in-law. They probably wouldn't want to hang out, but if they're stuck on a yacht, they can't get off of it. So like, there's no perfect. There's like no better scenario. Like, oh, this is good. And so I'm sitting there, and I feel this sense of peace and satisfaction and accomplishment, like I've made it. And I feel a sense of certainty and that I can help people, and that I know that I've grinded for 20 years to increase my skill set to be a valuable asset to the world. And before I get on a show like this or get on a stage or before I talk to a client or before I go into a dinner meeting or whatever it is, if I do anything based on where I'm at today, I'll always feel behind. I'll always feel a sense of anxiety. I'll always feel like I'm going to mess it all up. But when I actually get back into that state where I look at where I'm going to be in 20 years and I sit there and I almost ask if I could just switch places with that person, can you just come here now? And I'm going to act as if I'm you now. And I'm going to actually become the person I'm going to be in 20 years today. And I'm going to walk out and speak with that certainty. I'm going to walk out and speak out of that area of satisfaction that I value for the world. Because all I know is that if I continue to be that person, if I become that person now, the world is going to morph and change around me until that environment's created. And so that would be the number one advice that I would have is really sit there, get clear on that, have an emotional uh, experience 
with that future self. Oh, and I then love communicate that so with that future self and bring it to the now and I become that person now and watch the world morph around you. It's insane, man. Just the whole concept of acting as if. It's funny that you even brought that up because I've been reading uh, several different books have talked about that. This idea that we can step into a version of ourselves by just flipping a switch in our head. And it's actually applicable for lots of little practical things too, like whether it's sales or commercial sales or someone wants to talk to this really scary opportunity or you know, meet someone that could be a big contract for their company. You can uh, do what Nicholas just said. And be the person that you need to be in that moment and act as if you already are that person. It's almost like you're performing for yourself and it's all positive, good, warm, fuzzy awesomeness. And I just think that's great advice. And everybody go to the Billion Dollar Brotherhood. It's a Facebook group. Make sure you answer the questions because they will reject you if you do not answer the questions uh, articulately and intelligently. Um, And join uh, Nicholas's community. And any other things you want to add, Nicholas, before I let you go? No, nah, man, that's that's absolutely perfect. I'm excited to see what people's results are from this. Uh, I think that I know you talked about a lot of brick and mortar, a lot of service based businesses, a lot of small businesses. My favorite thing in the world, I think uh, every single one of them that are listening to you is so smart because I know how many of them are still doing the old school way of thinking. Like um, the majority, I would say at least 90 percent of the revenue from even my father's business comes through checks like written checks. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, no, that's so hard. Like you're making it so hard for them to pay. And then they have to think about paying the next time they come I'm like, Oh, like stop it. And it's just crazy <laughs> little tiny things that you can do. Um, and this is our art form, right? Like no artist likes to paint if they're down and depressed. Well, maybe some of them do and they make depressing paintings, but <laughs> nobody wants to do business if their life sucks. But when your life is great, then this is our art form. This is our canvas. This is our opportunity to go out there and express ourselves. So keep innovating, keep learning from people like Josh and implementing what he's saying from these people. And that way that you can get that one step above because the service-based business is always going to be there. It's it's a real business. It's a real service. It's real value to the world. It's in exchange for uh, $4. And so I just appreciate every single person that's in that industry. Absolutely. This has been awesome. Nicholas, fist bump over the digital internet waves fist bump brother i appreciate you thank you so much for your time have a great rest of your week you too hey thanks for hanging out friends and from all of us here at the quick talk podcast team we hope you love today's show we hope that you were inspired to become a doer and not just a listener apply what you've heard today in your own business and watch things change for the better lastly remember that all the money in the world can't save your soul seek first the kingdom of god my friends we'll see you next time For more information about the Quick Talk Podcast or Joshua's other businesses, visit our website, quicktalkpodcast.com. Have a blessed day.